Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com. And on today's episode of the podcast, my guest is Monique Melton. And Monique and I have an honest conversation about what it really takes to build a meaningful life and business and how to manage the relationships that make it all happen, including how to value those relationships, how to focus on your personal development and self-care, and how to say no, plus so much more. And Monique is a business coach. She's also a relationship expert, the published author of the book Entrepreneur Friendships, a motivational speaker and also a diversity advocate. And she supports creative business owners in building profitable and purposeful businesses while maintaining healthy relationships. She's a natural big bold dreamer, a woman of faith, a proud Navy wife, and also the loving mother to two little ones. And on this episode, Monique shared how she went from being a new mom with two small children who simply wanted to make a thousand dollars a month to letting go of her money mindset blocks and becoming a business powerhouse that was going above and beyond for her clients and doing more in her community and for her family. She also talked about why she focuses on businesses and relationships specifically around personal development and how it ties into building a really meaningful life and business. And she also shares the importance of understanding your capacity around what you can and cannot do so you can avoid comparing yourself to others and so you can also avoid getting overwhelmed. But before we get into this episode with Monique, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can also listen to episodes and watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And I would greatly appreciate it if you can head over to iTunes and leave a review and rate this podcast if you love what you've been listening to. And finally, be sure to head over to my website at clevergirlfinance.com. I create a ton of new content on the site every single week. And you can also subscribe on the site and get access to my resource library that can help you as you work on improving your finances. So let's get into to this episode with Monique. Hey, Monique, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on to talk about how to balance the act of building business, relationships, motherhood, and of course, a little bit about money. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so before we dive into the questions, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about your background and your personal story. Sure. So I um, am a mother to two beautiful little brown babies. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. And um, I've been doing my business now for the past little over three years. I started my entrepreneurial career as a professional makeup artist while I was in college. And after graduating from college and moving all the way across the country, to um, be married to my husband and he was in the military at the time. I did that. I did professional makeup and I also still worked in my industry um, in the mental health field at the same time. And after becoming a mother and um, just really going through, um, I went through postpartum mood disorder with both my children. And after the second time around, I just took a break from the makeup and just really did some soul searching and and really tried to figure out what it was that I wanted to do in this new stage of my life. And I've always been really fascinated with entrepreneurship. I've been really great at marketing and building business and supporting people and bringing out the best in them. And so it was a really natural fit to work with other business owners um, and support them in building their businesses and helping them to make more profits in their business while maintaining healthy relationships at the same time. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. You seem to have a very wide base of experiences. And 
I really like the fact that you mentioned dealing with postpartum because I think that's something that is not really talked about enough, but it's something that is experienced very, very widely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when I had my twins, I went through that as well. And it's it's kind of like a tough challenge to to go through on your own. So I'm glad that you mentioned it. And I know that, you know, if anyone that's if anyone's listening, it's just encouraging you to know that it's something that you can talk about and talk about with other people who have gone through the same thing. Amen. <laughs> okay, so let's kind of get into the gist of this episode. And I wanted to share a bit more about why did you start your business, right? Like, and what's your money story? Sure. I started my business because I wanted something that I could do that allowed for me to use my skills from my current business at the time, which was a makeup artist. So use that creativity use my experience in marketing and putting on events and also would allow for me to work with people in a more personal level and be able to do while I'm at home. That was a big contributing factor at the time for me because I was homeschooling my son who was in preschool at the time. And I was also just finishing up nursing um, a baby. And so it was important that my business could complement the season of life that I was in at the time. And um, that's how I really found my way into doing this. And I'll never forget when I first started, I was like, okay, I just want to be able to make a thousand dollars a month. Like that's, (laughs) that's all I want to worry about. You know, that's all I need. And, you know, because at the time, you know, we, we were living off of one main income, you know, I had pretty much hung up my brushes from doing makeup. And so I was really a full-time mom at the time, stay-at-home mom at the time. And so a thousand dollars extra a month felt like, okay, that's great. You know, we, we already have our bills paid. That's just, that's play money. So, um, <laughs> I was rudely awakened how it takes a lot more than a thousand dollars a month to, you know, <laughs> um, run the type of, because as a makeup artist, I didn't have a lot of, <laughs> you know, overhead expenses. I mean, I have my products and such, but it was that business was so different than my current business. It's almost like night and day. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, but I worked with a coach and I actually helped, she actually helped me with some of my money mindset blocks that I had to help me um, to get over feeling guilty about wanting to make more money. Um, and once that we worked through that and just, you know, getting new clients and such, the goals and the, the dollar amount that I needed to make in order to feel like my business was. I'm moving in a direction that would allow for me to do more in my community, do more in my family. You know, I knew I had some things that needed to be changed. So, um, but I'll never forget that number when I first started. And it, that, that felt like a lot, you know? I started, it felt like a lot, yeah, until you realized it wasn't. <laughs> until you realize, like, oh, yeah, that's not really much. But, you know, when you're just starting out, everyone starts at zero, you know? So that was, that was a little bit of my story. Thanks for sharing that. And... You know, I you were a makeup artist and then you transitioned into this business where you help other business owners and you guide them to be profitable. And while it may sound like they were two unrelated businesses, there are definitely several lessons that you got from just managing a business as a makeup artist that you apply to this business. Right. In addition yeah. to your skill set around helping people build profitable brands. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I tell people is as a makeup artist, customer service paramount. I mean, you coming into a, a client's day, cause I did a lot of weddings and 
you never know what you're going to walk into. And so you really have to go in there with an attitude to serve. There were so many times where I might be helping put on a flower on, or I might be helping lace shoes or, and that had nothing to do with makeup. But to me, it was a part of the overall day for my client. And yes, my, I was there for the makeup, but I was also there to be an extra set of hands and to support her, to help her dream, her day go well. And so the same applies in my business. I don't only help my clients with one isolated thing. There might be things outside of the scope of our agreement that maybe I can offer encouragement, assistance, assistance, or, you know, just a connection, a referral, a recommendation, even people who aren't my clients, just, I have an attitude of service and that has helped me tremendously to build a profitable business, but also to build really great relationships within the industry. So it's definitely crossed over. I, I love it. I love that because I can totally relate to you. I used to be a wedding photographer and, oh, you know, yeah. similar to you having to go above and beyond. Or I can't count how many brides I helped lift their dresses when they went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's it's that applies in any business. Delivering that customer service, delighting your customer, as Warren Buffett would say. But it's really paramount because the people that you serve are the people that are going to help you grow your business because yep. they're going to talk about you because they're going to buy from you because they're going to be your hype people and your support people. So that's that's definitely really important. Mm-hmm. So you you coach people on business and relationships. That's one of your your main points on your website and with your brand. Right. Yeah. Why this connection? Well, because I think that ultimately that's what life is about, relationships. Mm -hmm. And you cannot build a profitable, meaningful business. So in the business aspect of what I do, I do a lot of brand and marketing development. I have a whole acronym for it. It's, It's the sweet brands, everything from story and wealth and client experience, marketing and team. And that's a really cute little acronym and all that great stuff. But what I found in doing this for the past three years, and I don't know if it's just my natural tendency towards this because of my background in mental health, but I found myself doing a lot of personal development coaching with my clients throughout the process um, because those things would come up as you're building a business. You're, you're having challenges that you're experiencing within yourself. Maybe your um, anxiety is coming up or maybe you're dealing with some imposter syndrome or fear or whatever, maybe. But then there's also the dynamics in other relationships that matter to you in your life that can be challenging with as a, as they relate to your business or not. It might be a really bad day and we get on a call and I can sense something. I'm like, do you want to talk about it? And then we, we spend time sorting through that issue. So I found that it was a great way for me to serve both lanes, you know, the relationship and the business without feeling like I had to choose one over the other. Now I do primarily promote and market the business side, Um, But there are people that I work with only strictly just for the relationship coaching side. um, And I enjoy that, too. That's great. You know, the dynamics of relationships can be really complex. (laughs) Yeah. Dynamics of relationships in business can be really complex. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a business owner and a quote unquote introvert slash fake extrovert, you know, a lot of times <laughs> those business relationships are challenging because I have to be like, oh, my God, I have to get up. I have to smile. I have to network. I have to go out and pitch myself. And it's yeah. not as you know, it's hard, especially for someone who is not naturally um, inclined to do that. Right. You know, and just business aside, like dealing in dealing with relationships, like in your marriage or with friends, there's all kinds of complexities, you know. So it's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the relationships are really, really important. What you do is very valuable. 
because it's almost like a lot of times when you sit to do when you sit to get help in a situation right um especially around like business coaching or you know growing a business or even like in relationship coaching the the connection of building the relationship and maintaining the healthy relationship is kind of lost sometimes yeah and it's because it's a lot of labor you know most things that matter in life are a lot of work they take a lot of maintenance <laughs> yes you know it's it's if you think about it, there's not anything that I can think of off the top of my head that means a lot to me that doesn't require an ongoing commitment and effort and intentional um, time and, and there's I can't think of one thing that's important to me that doesn't require that um, and relationships are no different you know I we had a issue today with our son at school which we never have issues with our son and so my husband and I talked about it and we're like, okay, let's make some changes. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, if, if, when there, when people make mistakes, sometimes it's a cry for help. So let's figure out what's going on. Like he matters to us. He matters to us. And so we're going to do the work. We're going to put in the effort, um, and figure out the best way to love and support him through whatever it might be. Um, and we could totally be overreacting. I don't care, but it's, I would rather put in more effort than not enough. So I think just most things in life that really mean anything to us are a lot of work. And sometimes we just get exhausted. We get tired. We want to time out. We want to tap out, you know, and we're like, okay, I just can't deal. And I think sometimes it's okay to give yourself um, a a moment to pause and a moment to scale back and to, to, you know, take a breather. But oftentimes we want to put things on cruise control and we want to automate, you know, relationships like we want to automate emails. And it just doesn't work that way. Sure doesn't. And you guys who listen to this podcast, you already know that when it comes to your finances, <laughs> you have to work hard to get yourself out of debt, to save money, to do all these things. And one of the biggest, you know, um, the biggest feedbacks I get from people who either, you know, join my program or want to get f- coaching around finance, and you probably get this too, is, oh my God, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have time to work on your finances, to work on your business, to work on building your relationships, I, I mean, it's kind of beyond my what can I do for you at this point? If you, if right. you don't have time, you don't want to make time. And what else can I do because I don't have time? I can't help you. <laughs> right. Well, it's just like going to the personal trainer and saying, OK, I'm ready to lose weight, but I don't want to change anything that I'm doing. Oh, by the way, I don't want to eat healthy or exercise. OK, I what do you want me to do then? Like there's not, can't do anything. You can't do, you might as well just go home. So, (laughs) you know, maybe walk home, burn some, burn some calories. There you go. But it's you, you want, we, we want results, but we don't want the work that it takes to put in and get those results, you know? So that's why most of us don't have money and don't, have the, the things that we want in life, you know, because the work is required. Yeah. And you have to decide how bad you want it. That's just, you know, when people tell me I don't have time, what, what else can I do? You know, it's how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? That's because unless you are willing to put in the effort that it takes, there's nothing I can do for you. I can, I can guide you. I can tell you all these things. I can give you all these actions to do, but if you're not ready to dedicate the time to take them, then you're wasting your time. The, yeah. the little time that you you do have. And you know what? I tell people something similar. I tell them something similar when they're starting to work with me or before we even get started. I say, listen, the people who get the most results out of working with me are the ones who are willing to put in the work and the time and invest the money 
to see these strategies come to life. If you're not going to do that, this is a complete waste of your money. And so I don't, I don't want, I don't want people to spend thousands of dollars to work with me to only sit on, sit on these, these strategies and not implement them because they didn't know that, Oh, you know, I need, I'm going to have to make these next steps. Like, no, I like to be very upfront because I don't want people to think that I'm going to just come in with a magic wand and things are going to change. You know, things are going to, you're going to have to put in work and, if you're not really willing or you don't have time, then this isn't a good idea. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I put um, on my pre-questionnaire for people who want to work one-on-one with me for like financial coaching and stuff is there's a question where I say, um, are you well, are you willing to make time or are you willing to commit to the process? And then I put a FYI, if your answer is no, then we're not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Like I try to state, I try to be clear as clear as possible from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I know. Let them know. Let them know. (laughs) So let's kind of shift gears. And um, I wanted to talk about just, you know, um, you as a woman and just advice for other women who are listening around um, reconnecting with themselves. So a lot of times there's a lot of noise around, you know, business and other other things that need you as a person that need your energy family kids you know all kinds of things how do you suggest folks step back from all that noise and you know take take a chance or attempt to reconnect with themselves without feeling guilty and the reason I ask you this question is because in relationships in business in money when there's so many things that are pulling your attention that require your energy require your effort like you kind of said and you know when we're just talking now it's a little draining you can lose the motivation sometimes you just need to come back to your home base and reset and just breathe right so how how do you suggest people do this because the overwhelm sometimes is real and the pressure sometimes is real um, especially from external factors yeah well there's a couple things one it's like constantly taking your temperature um, and being aware of your triggers and yourself. The more you know about yourself and the more you know what fills your cup, the better you can be at being responsible for your self-care because no one is responsible for your self-care but you. We can't say that, oh, I'm just too busy. Oh, I just got too much going on and use those as excuses to not take care of ourselves. And so taking care of yourself is more than going and getting yoga and, you know, eating a healthy breakfast in the morning. It has a lot to do with knowing your boundaries and enforcing those boundaries in those different relationships. It has a lot to do with understanding yourself mentally, spiritually, um, and having healthy relationships and removing yourself from toxic relationships. But it also has a lot to do with knowing your capacity. So for me, Mm -hmm. for example, I might be the type of person who, who can handle, um, you know, a lot of different things going on at once and I can operate at a really high level and be, and thrive. But then someone next to me who is wonderfully made, an amazing person could handle something on a different level. But what happens is we compare ourselves to other people who have different capacities and feel like we're either not measuring up or we're doing better than other people, which either way, it, it gives us a distorted view of confidence within ourselves. And so that's why it's really important that we know our capacity and work within our own capacity and not compare ourselves to other people. Another thing that's really important in terms of being 
in tune with yourself and not putting too much on your plate is being okay with saying no and actually being okay with it. Like you said, how do you do it without feeling guilty? I don't feel guilty for saying no to things that I know are not good for me. And so if I know my capacity and I'm saying no to something because it's going to overextend me, I'm okay with that because I know later on I'm only going to feel worse and maybe even resentful towards that person for asking me to do something that I should have just said no to. Mm -hmm. And and I'm only going to feel even more tapped out versus saying this is a great opportunity, but I'm going to have to pass. I really appreciate it. Keep me in mind next time, because, again, I'm honoring my capacity, knowing what I can take and what I cannot take on. When people try to schedule calls outside of my um, scheduling hours, I have to say no. There could be really great conversations I want to get on. People want my time. They want to talk to me. I meet people at events. Hey, let's follow up. All right. Here's my scheduling link. Find the time that works within this. Oh, can you meet on Monday? I don't take calls on Mondays. And so knowing knowing that and, and knowing how I really thrive when I honor myself and I honor my capacity encourages me to do it even more so versus violating myself by trying to please other people. Because if that's what it is, it's a violation to yourself when you know what you need, but yet you refuse to give yourself what you need. So you have to know yourself and then take the, have the courage to take care of yourself. That is so true. And, you know, when I was younger, I struggled with saying no. And I would always, when I knew I should say no, but I didn't say no and I said yes to the thing, whatever it might be, I always regretted it because it would either get me so annoyed, it would affect the relationship, it would, you know, I wouldn't feel good. Like you said, I would feel violated about my time, about my value, and all that kind of stuff. And as I've gotten older, I recognize my capacity. I know what my triggers are. Like I can tell you <laughs> what's mm-hmm. going to happen <laughs> in a certain situation, just knowing myself. And so I say no with a swiftness and it's not about you. It's, it's me, you know, yep. don't take it personal when I say no to you, you know, saying no to me is I'd rather just tell you now. So, you know, the expectation that this is not going to happen, than lead you on and then kind of have you get upset or have myself get upset and affect the relationship further, further down the line. I say no very easily like I'm so confident at saying no that sometimes people are like oh my god boy like really no like you're gonna just say it like that I'm like how else do you want me to say it no exactly and it's not <laughs> and it's it's not a judgment against that thing um you know it's just like again it's honoring my capacity and but people have a really hard time with other people's boundaries what I found is that when people have a hard time setting and honoring their own boundaries, they also have a really hard time of honoring other people's boundaries. So, you know, when people give you pushback or they resist your boundaries and you're, and you honoring your capacity, just say, you know what, this person probably struggles with boundaries in their own lives. And it's just right now it's kind of deflecting on me. I'm not going to take it personal. This is about them. This is not about me. I'm still going to still stick to what I said because this is what's best for, for me and for them too, because I'm only going to show up, um, not as my best self. Mm -hmm. And people will take everything that you give them, not because they're trying to take advantage of you, but because they don't know how you're feeling because you've said yes. Yep. Yep. I know you're right. They will. (laughs) So let's kind of like switch gears. So we've talked about, you know, being a little bit selfish, reconnecting with yourself, knowing your boundaries, knowing your capacity, but then on the flip side, you know, the fear of failure is real. And a lot of times as women, when we move into that space where we move from being single um, and just worrying about ourselves Mm -hmm. to 
perhaps having a significant other, a husband, a boyfriend, whatever, um, children who rely on you, employees, you know, who depend on your decisions. How do you deal with showing up for those people and not looking like a failure, especially when you are in that space where it's a struggle, it's hard, it's not, you know, it's not a walk in the park in that particular situation or in that moment or that period of your life. How do you keep showing up for those people, but at the same time, keeping your own sanity intact? Well, I think it's really simple. It goes back to Mm self-care. You know, I can, I can, I cannot give what I don't have, you know? And so if I don't have respect for myself, how can I give you respect? If I don't have integrity and, and I don't, if I don't have good discipline, how can I show up and be disciplined with you? If I don't have a good sense of who I am and a love and appreciation for who I am as a person, how can I have that for you? So it's like you can't give what you don't have, which is why self-care is is really important. And I also believe in delegating. So I I don't need to make all the decisions. I don't need to do everything. I don't have to have an opinion on everything that needs to be done. You know, one person should not be responsible for the development and execution of everything in your life. Like, I just don't think that that's how we're created to be. So, you know, in my, in my home, we run it, we have a team here. You know, a lot of times my husband will, you know, take care of dinner some nights. I'll take care of dinner. Like we, we delegate tasks, um, so that it's not so burdensome on one person to try to function at a high level and everything in life. It's just not reasonable. It's not reasonable. So removing the expectation of having to do it all for everyone and to do it well for everyone allows for you to see where you can get help and to be okay with having help. Like I'm, I tell people I'm an expert at asking for help at this point. I don't have a problem with it. It doesn't bother me. I don't feel guilty. Like if I can hire someone to do something, if it's hireable and it's legal, I will do it. <laughs> I will do it. If I can hire you to do it, I don't feel like, oh, I got to do it myself. Mm-mm. I don't need to do it myself. That's not important to me. So, you know, I just, I don't, I, I feel so much ease. And when it comes to that, like before I do remember feeling like, oh, I got to be in control of everything and I got to do everything. But that had a lot to do with my insecurity and trust in others to be able to do things well. Um, and my, and my, um, desire for perfectionism, you know, because when you're giving up things to other people, you are going to release a little bit of that control that you think you have. And that's a little bit of vulnerability. But once you do it, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love what you said about you can't give what you don't have to give. And there's just so many scenarios that are playing through my head right now. So from a personal and money perspective, a lot of times I get women reach out to me talking about, you know, I have to buy my son, who's 25, a new car. I have to give him money because he, he, he lost his job. I have to, all these things they have to do for other people who are basically grown individuals, grown adults. And they carry so much guilt about not being able to do those things. But the reality is that a lot of times when I kind of dig deeper into the situation, they actually can't. It's like you... you are trying to figure out how to pay a ton of credit card debt or a ton of student loans and you're still buying your 25-year-old son a new car. You don't have that to give, right? And he's 25. I get that he's your baby, but sometimes you have to let, you know, these big babies stumble and fall on their own and pick themselves back up. Otherwise, you become the enabler and you drain yourself. 
Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's something that I think people have to realize for themselves that, like you said, if you don't have something to give, you cannot give it. Otherwise, whatever you're giving is at, it's to your own detriment. Yep. Yep. It's like giving from your reserves. And then what happens when those are, are done? You, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. You know, it's so I just I going through postpartum and learning about myself and what I need to be filled and all those things and, how, and seeing how much of a better person I am when I take care of myself. I, I just I'm I'm relentless with it. I don't. Someone asked me the other day, how are you doing with your working out? I'm like, girl, I go to the gym almost every day. I don't mess around with that. That is part of my mental health. That mm-hmm. is a part of my self-care. I don't I don't negotiate that where I'm going, I'm working out. That's, that's just a part of my, it's, it's as important to me as drinking water every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to be, you do, you have to guard those things and take them seriously. And having those non-negotiables, you know, and I've been guilty, you know, if we're just being honest here, I've been guilty where I've put myself in the space where I have negotiated on my non-negotiables. But mm-hmm. like you said, it just wasn't to my benefit. Like, you know, it just, there are different scenarios when it comes to spending time with my family or just things in business. And I've kind of had, I kind of said, okay, I'm going to have these non-negotiables. I'm not taking calls after 4 p.m. because I want to spend time with my kids. And then I, f- I find myself on a tour or a call at 7 p.m. My kids are jumping around me. And then mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is not going to work because I hate how I feel in the moment when that's happening. And yeah. I carry that irritation and that annoyance and that guilt with me for several days afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, that's part of what makes me, that's part of how I train myself, just hating those feelings to become, to make no, is a very easy part of my vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I know. And I can be, I can, I'm, I don't want people to think like, oh, she's just got this all figured out. Cause I have my daily struggles too, where like you said, you'll, you'll say, I'm gonna cut it off at this time. And then you keep working past it. Let me get to this thing. Let me get to this thing. And the next thing you know, it's bedtime. I'm like, oh crap, I was supposed to you know, go play ponies with you or whatever it may be. And so then you feel like you're feeling all icky inside. Like you, you drank spoiled milk and it's like, oh man, like that was, that was not, it's not a good feeling. I don't want to feel like that again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't even drink milk anymore, but I can't, I imagine spoiled milk, spoiled milk would be even awful, even worse. So, um, but you know, you get, the, I love my, my, um, analogies. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Spoiled milk is sour. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty disgusting. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever had any though. I've had it, but I was saying, I, and I thought about it and I just remembered the taste as you were saying that. <laughs> it's disgusting. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> So the other thing I was going to say is, you know, you talked about delegating and this is more on the business side of things and it makes total sense. I think entrepreneurs, you are in that space when you first start your business where you are the queen of everything. You're the one who opens the doors of your business every day. You're the website designer. You're the branding expert. You're the marketing expert. You're the janitor. You do all everything. And as your business grows, it kind of gets difficult to do all those roles because then you start to wear yourself thin. And yeah. then you you kind of start to your business could potentially start to struggle because you're not a you're not paying attention to the things that the founder or the CEO should be focused on as opposed to oh who's going to clean the back room who's going to do the spelling mistakes you know and mm-hmm. delegation is really important in business um and there's you know somebody gave an analogy once that just really made 
a lot of sense to me. And it was like, sometimes you're going to have to delegate when you don't want to, but you're going to have to have to. And sometimes you're going to have to delegate and people are going to come in and just have a ton of ideas that you didn't think about. They're going to do things better than you. And you're going to feel oh my God, is this person trying to take over my business? I know how to do this. I'm the best at doing this. But the truth is that whoever you delegate to, whoever is supporting your business, whether they're doing it the same as you should, you do it, or they're doing it better than you, which they should be doing it better, better than you, that your goal is to hire people who do stuff better than you to make your life easier. But it's all about reminding yourself that the reason why these people are here to support you is not to take over your life or take right. over your business or take over your family if you're delegating household things. They're there because of you, right? They're there to support you as the initiator of the ask. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. I like that. I like that. And delegating to me is a sign of strength and it's a sign of wisdom because you realize your um, your zone of genius and you realize what your strengths and your weaknesses are and you have the wisdom to recognize them and to find qualified people to to meet those things. Um, and so to me, it's, it's not so much as, oh, I'm not a superwoman, I can't do it all. It's like, oh, I actually am an incredible woman and because I'm so incredible, I can find amazing people who can help me be even more more incredible and to make more of an impact in this world and the, um, and the lives of those who I interact with. So it's just, I love, I love hiring and bringing on people and having that help. I don't love the process as much. Um, cause that part can be, you know, just got to smooth out those kinks and stuff. But once that rhythm is there, it's wonderful. Yeah. And <laughs> I love how you, how you, how you broke that down. So it's, 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 it boils back down to the relationships because at the end of the day, all these interactions, the delegation is, it ties back into relationships and maintaining those healthy relationships that you talked about that help you be that better person, help you be that better mom or a better spouse or a better business owner. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> so Monique, we're going to shift gears a little bit and I want you to share some of your favorite things. So sure. um, what is your favorite business book? You know, what book comes to mind, I really like the book is um, Marketing Like Jesus. Ooh, and okay. <laughs> um, I cannot think of his name. It's something Dan. Oh, man, I should probably know his name. But I'm really bad with names. I can't remember actors I'll, names. I'm just, <laughs> I'll look it up for the show notes. Yeah. Marketing like Jesus. But it's a really it's not one of those books where it's like, oh, you got to be a Christian to like the book. Um, it's just looking at like a belief system and all that stuff aside. If you look at Jesus Christ from a, as a business model, like let's look at Jesus Christ as a brand. There is no other brand that has been able to have the level of impact and transcend generations like <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. There's no other one. It's like you, Apple, people are not going over and giving their lives for Apple. They're just, they're not doing it. They're, people are not committing their, their families and spending money. Like they're just not doing these things for other brands. So obviously, if you look at Jesus from a brand he did something well in terms of building a legacy and impacting generations upon generations and starting a, a movement um, with one idea, one person that rippled out to this day. Like we're literally still talking about him, you know, thousands of years later. Mm -hmm. So um, the book really breaks it breaks down those different strategies. You know, look at it from a business strat strategies that you can implement in your your business. So it's a really great read. I like it. I should I should read it again because it's, it's a good book. I'm definitely going to check out that book. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's good. And what is your favorite relationship book? Mine. <laughs> so. Oh, tell me about yours. <laughs> yeah, um, we, I, when you asked me now, I was like, I'm going to just say my book. Because, uh, <laughs> why not? Why not? So, right, you know, I like my stuff. So I, I wrote a book. It's called Entrepreneur Friendships. I made up a word. And basically, it's the step-by-step process to building business relationships. And it's a very practical read. It's like baking a cake, like do this, do that, do this. It's very practical like that. And it's also a really great book in terms of getting to know yourself because I have some activities in the book to help you learn more about who you are as a person because I think that having great relationships start with having a great relationship with yourself. So that's included in the book too. So that's that's my favorite one. My second favorite... um, I do well. I was gonna say love language, the, the five love languages, but I didn't read the whole book. Um, I only did like the quizzes and stuff, so I shouldn't say that's my second favorite book. But it's it is a good philosophy in terms of learning people's um, love languages and how to love people. And we often love people the way we feel love, but it's not always the best way to love them because they might not feel love that way. So mm-hmm. that one's good too. And I'll add that to um, the show notes, including the links, uh, including the link to your favorite relationship book, which is your book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what would you say is your Clever Girl superpower? Hmm. I definitely feel like my superpower is the ability to create safe spaces for people to be just who they are and listen to what's not being said while encouraging them to be their best self. People talk to me in the streets, at the stores, at events, just open up their hearts. So just the other day, this man was like, I don't even do this. I'm just telling you stuff. I was like, oh, I get this all the time. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just the Monique effect. So I got, I, it's one of my superpowers. I'm able to create safe space. I can get anything out of anyone. Awesome. I love it. And um, I really love that you've taken the time out to come on and share with my audience. And I would love for them to be able to keep up with you. So can you tell us how folks can learn more about you? Where are you situated on the Internet, et cetera? Sure. Everything is really simple. It's just Mo Motivate. Um, Monique Melton, I'm on Instagram. I go on there and do stories of me dancing to ratchet music. (laughs) Like I'll have scriptures in the morning, but then it's ratchet by the afternoon. (laughs) Christian, Christian by day, just having a good time by night. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, everything's really simple. Just Mo Motivate and Monique Melton, my website, all that good stuff. Awesome. I'll link everything in the show notes. And again, thank you so much, Monique, for being here. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode with Monique. I had such a great time talking with her. And if you did love listening to the podcast and you haven't already subscribed, please do. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, on Stitcher, and you can also listen to episodes on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And please, please head over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast if you have loved this episode and any other episodes you have listened to. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.